An inmate at the Virginia Department of Corrections, Red Onion State Prison. To accept this call, press zero. This is Randall Vaughn, and I'm currently doing 1,214 years for capital murder in Red Onion State Prison in the state of Virginia, in the USA. This is my podcast, Red Onion Randy. I hope you enjoy listening to me today. Uh, today, I'm going to talk about a new development in my case, um, and actually talk about an inmate that I used to know, uh, named Joe Geritano. I guess I'm going to be a little all over the place, uh, but let's get to it anyway. Everybody, at least I think so, has listened to me talk about my case, my experience with John Sheldon, and so on and so forth. A couple of weeks ago, this new guy came in the pod named uh, KC, and white dude, a little bit younger than me, um, and quite honestly, I had no intention whatsoever of even speaking to the guy, and it's not because of him, because quite frankly, I didn't know the dude, I'd never seen him before, and I know nothing about him. I'm just in that place in my life where I'm tired of talking to new people in prison. I'm tired of constantly being surrounded by negative people. I don't want that in my life anymore. I only want to talk to people that are positive, that are, that are like, they're trying, like they're at least doing something with their lives instead of just crying and complaining all the damn time. And that's what most prisoners do. Like, so I'm tired of it. I just, I don't have the energy to deal with it because I have so much else on my plate that I am dealing with. I'm just tired of being around negative people. So for that reason and only that reason, I had no intention of talking to the guy. Long story short, I was talking to this guy named Preacher that I know, and, uh, <laughs> excuse me, and Casey came over and started kind of talking to Preacher. <clears throat> I apologize for my coughing. Unfortunately, I'm in quarantine right now, sick with COVID. And I'll do an episode on that later. But, so, we kind of got to talking, and, and one thing led to another, and we started talking about the law. And as it turns out, KC, he actually knows more about the law than I do myself. And, uh, like, when he was breaking some things down, like, I'm not a stupid person by far. And even I was struggling to understand some of the things that he was teaching on about the law, which that was actually heartening to me because normally I'm the one that knows the most about the law. Um, you know, I do study it to the best of my ability. I ain't the sharpest knife in the drawer, but I'll still cut through something. So we got to speaking, and he was telling me about uh, this concept called manifest injustice. And, you know, I've never even heard of that before. So, you know, I went to the law library, and I, I got the rules and stuff on manifest injustice. And I saw a few things in there that, uh, that are actually beneficial to me and beneficial to my case. So I'm not even going to try to explain it yet. Just for the simple fact, I haven't studied it enough to explain it. Um, maybe I'll do that in a future episode. And then we got to talking further. And he was like, look, I have a lawyer, and he's really good. He's gotten a lot of guys out of prison. And, you know, his name is Brent Jackson. And so he gave me his lawyer's address and phone number and everything. And now I'm currently in the process 
of connecting with Brent Jackson to, you know, to hopefully set up a conference call so I can speak to him and explain my case to him and everything and ask him questions and answer whatever questions he has and so on and so forth. I'm a little happy about that. But I have heard numerous inmates talk about, oh, man, this lawyer's the best in the state. No, nah, man, this lawyer is and that lawyer is. And I'm over it. I'm over it. You know, I just, I, I've heard it all the time. And I was, I felt the same way when Casey was telling me, hey, look, man, Brent Jackson is a really good lawyer. You do like, you really need to connect with this cat. So I'm, I'm like, all right. But in my mind, I'm like, yeah, I'll get, I'll get his address from him. I'll send him a letter. We'll see what happens. And then we got to talking further, and he was like, man, you know, Joe Geritano works for Brent Jackson and was a paralegal. I'm like, wait a minute. I know Joe Geritano. Joe Geritano was a stand-up dude. He actually tried to help me a little bit with my case way, way back in the day. Um, unfortunately, I was time-barred because, as, to the best of my knowledge, I am the only person in the United States of America that was charged and convicted of capital murder that has never received an appeal. I never got an appeal. Well, so Joe Geritano helped me to file for an appeal and so on and so forth, but uh, it just, the course, like, yeah, your time is up. Screw you, buddy. And they just sent it back. So, like, whatever, man. I just, I, honestly, I let it drop, and I just, I, 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 that's when I went into a really dark period, and that's when I really started hurting people in prison. That's when I started fighting people and doing all this stupid stuff. Because I basically lost hope. I know Joe Geritano. Now, Joe Geritano was convicted of brutally raping and murdering a young woman. But Joe Geritano was innocent. He was so innocent, in fact, that the mother and the sister of the victim that was brutally raped and murdered, and I, 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 if I remember correctly, I think that she was actually dismembered, like she was tortured to death. It wasn't just, you know, put two in the head and, you know, she died a quick death. I think, like, she suffered horribly before she died. <sighs> yeah. That's just not good. But the mother and the sister of that young lady believed in Joe Geritano's innocence. And they actually used to write him. They actually used to send him money every now and then for commissary. But yet, he never got out of prison. I mean, even the own victim's family believed in his innocence. And Joe Geritano was actually on death row. And he actually orchestrated an escape from death row back in the 80s. And... uh I think, I can't remember correctly, but I believe there was nine inmates on death row in Mecklenburg back in the 80s. And Joe Geritano came up with the plan that they was going to take a bunch of COs hostage and so on and so forth. So they did that. Everybody on death row banded together. And when they had to send in an eight-man SWAT team, the inmates actually beat up the SWAT members. 
took them hostage and they stripped their clothes, their riot gear and all that stuff that they had on. And there were nine inmates and there were there were eight sets of uniforms. So they all basically literally drew straws. And Joe Geritano, who was the mastermind of all of this, he drew the short straw, so he had to stay. And the other guys, they put on the uniforms, and they went out, you know, left the building and everything, left the compound, and they actually escaped. Most of them got caught really, really quickly. And I think only one of them actually made it to the Canadian border before he was caught, if I remember the story correctly. And it's, it's been a good 15, 18 years ago since I, you know, I talked to Geritano and I, I heard the story and everything. And um, that's the kind of dude Geritano was. Like, it was his master plan, but he was such a stand-up guy that, like, he drew straws. Like, if I would have been there, I'm like, nah, man, dude, you're, you're definitely one of the ones that are going. But saying, uh... <laughs> I'm sorry, COVID is kicking my ass. Um, but anyway, he made the plan and he stuck by the rules of it, even though it kind of cost him. But honestly, if Joe Geritano would have made it outside the gates, he would have been one of the dudes that would have made it. They would probably still be searching for him to this day. Incredibly smart guy. Loyal, he's a good dude, and he helped a lot of people with their cases in prison. He actually helped a lot of people get released from prison. He helped a lot of guys get shorter sentences and everything. Like he's a really good guy. He never charged anybody, and that's one thing that is a really good hustle in prison. You know, as a person who knows the law really well, they can charge inmates to help them with their case, and inmates will pay it. Joe Geritano never charged anything. He had uh, Edge, the guitarist from uh, U2, used to uh, pen pal with him and support him and send him a little money every now and then. Susan Sarandon, the Hollywood actress. Like, Joe Geritano had a lot of people believing in his case. And he had, this is, this. Yeah, I remember uh, we was in the pod together back in the day, and he had finally gotten the courts to agree to recast the DNA in his case. And I remember him coming back into the pod, just, you know, just down and depressed, like, man, like, honestly, I think he was on the verge of suicide. Um, and he sat there and told me when I pulled up, oh my, yo, dude, what's going on, man? You all right? And he was like, well, you know, and then he explained to me that when he got to court and they was going to retest the DNA, that all of a sudden they had a fire in the evidence room. Now, the evidence that was beside his to the left and to the right didn't catch on fire. The evidence below his didn't catch on fire. And the evidence above his didn't catch on fire. Only his evidence somehow spontaneously combusted and destroyed all the DNA from that particular case. And he wound up spending another 12, 15 years in prison. Every single time something good happened in his case, all of a sudden, the police and the prosecutor would do something underhanded to keep him in prison because they did not want to admit that they put an innocent man in prison. They didn't want to do that. But I just heard uh, from KC a couple of weeks ago that uh, Geritano had actually made parole. They had finally released him from prison, you know, which I was, I mean, I was really happy to hear that. Like, I like Joe Geritano. He's a good dude. You know where you stand with him, like, 
you don't have to worry about underhanded or dirty stuff because if he's going to do something, he's going to do it to your face. He's not going to do it behind your back. And I got a lot of respect for guys like that in prison because there are so many stone-cold bitches in these walls. When you find a good dude like that, like, it makes you feel better about yourself that you simply know him. all this about Joe Gerritano is I found out that he works as a paralegal for Brent Jackson. So when I do get a chance to talk to Brent Jackson on the phone, you know, I'm going to mention, hey, I know Joe Gerritano. You can talk to him about me. He can tell you about me because he knows me. He knows how I carry myself. He knows what kind of man I am. I see, I see kind of providence in this a little bit. I wound up talking to a guy that I, I I had no intentions whatsoever of even speaking to. Like, I literally had no intention of even just nodding hello to the dude or, yo, what's up, man, and keep it on. Like, I wasn't going to speak to him at all. But, you know, I'm glad that I, I wound up talking to Casey and, you know, I, I found some new information that would help me with my case. And uh, the new information, oh, by the way, yeah, sorry. A little scatterbrain with the COVID and everything. It's kind of hard to focus sometimes with this stuff. I won't have to go through the state courts. I can go ahead under the filing under the manifest injustice rule. I can skip the state courts and I can go straight to the fourth court, the fourth circuit court of the federal court system, which will give me much much better leeway because the state courts they usually side with the state courts, like even. In clear-cut cases where the, the state courts, even though the lower courts were wrong, the, the higher state courts will still rule within. I, I find comfort in the fact that I can go ahead and skip the state courts. I know Joe Gerritano. He would not work for Brent Jackson unless Brent Jackson was the same. And it's only going to cost me $7,500 to get Brent Jackson to completely review my case from front to back, top to bottom, which that makes it a lot easier on me. Now, of course, I don't have that money. I don't even have close to that money, but, you know, I'm hoping that at least in the Magic Well, my children's novel that's for sale, only $5 on Amazon Kindle, you know, I really would appreciate it, people, if y'all would go and buy it. It's a good story. Your kids will like it, and, you know, it'll help me out a lot, you know, because I don't plan on using that money to buy some damn snicker bars and some soups. That money's going towards a... You have one minute remaining. That money is going towards getting me out of prison. But uh, that's the update on my legal case and a little bit about Joe Gerritano. He's, like I said, he was he was a character. I really liked that dude, and I kind of miss him, to be honest with you. But uh, I thought y'all would enjoy hearing about him instead of hearing about me all the time. Uh, this is Red on your Randy. I hope you enjoyed listening to me today. For those of you who listen to me on Apple Podcasts, I would appreciate it if you would review me and rate me, preferably five stars, but I'll take whatever you think I'm worth. Take care. Stay safe. Thank you for using GTL. Mm-hmm.